0: But it sounded like we good?
1: I can't
2: hear myself, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, from the industry you're in, are you, are you like used to hearing yourself? Uh, I try point? not to,
2: <laughs> but you know what, though? Mm-hmm. I, at first I, I didn't like to hear myself, mm-hmm. but then I had to find my radio voice. Mm. Or like my speaking voice. And that's Mm. really hard. Because like you ever hear people on the radio and they talk and you're like, how do you make your voice sound like that? Yeah. Like, How do you do that? You don't think it's natural? Not everybody has it like that. Some people have to like find it. Mm. Like when I host, I have my radio voice on.
1: (laughs) Okay, I need to find mine then.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't know, like it's weird, but it's like an alter ego. Let's get it. Count from ten to twenty in Creole.
3: Ten to twenty in Creole. Ten to twenty. Count from ten to twenty in
2: Creole.
1: Damn, I gotta start at one. Angle
3: I ain't gonna lie. 6. Done. What's, hey, what's eleven? You, you said so. ten to twenty in Creole. I'ma give three. you one to hey. ten. One, two, six. Say, oui, nehre Hey, No, 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 Hey, i speak period is. I'm really up here right now, like <pat> you know. Okay this os those dot 14 15 says that's it. I going to lie. Vend! Vend! Come, come, Vendola! Vendola, bitch, you owe me Vendola!
0: 1 to 10.
3: And that? 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 7, 8, 10 to 20. Woo!
0: 10
3: to 20. Woo! These aunts, I don't know, none of them, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, but I know 20 is bad. You see know me? These are bad.
1: This all this that I don't know 16. He <laughs> said you think it's bad. I skip 16. I don't, I
3: don't know the 16. Count from 10 to 20 in Creole. 10, 10,
2: 12, 13,
1: 14,
2: 10 12 that's it now listen american
0: hey listen american
2: 1 2 3
3: 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 on a bambelo la le grill this 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 and 22 24 26 27 28 29 10
1: What's problem
0: that's the that's the energy I had to start today mm. you know why why because I feel like sometimes on a pod I don't acknowledge as much as I need to the Haitian Americans
1: <laughs> I feel like
0: I feel like at times I I neglect my Haitian so, Americans. And this
1: is how you acknowledge
0: them? Woo! Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes you gotta be aware of your surroundings to wow. know who you're working with. Okay. Because I feel like we're all part of the Haitian journey. Yes, we are. So why not highlight the people who may not be able to count to 20, from 10 to 20 in Creole? Because guess what? <laughs> Their <laughs> Haitian matter. Their Haitian matter. Thank you, Mark. Thank
1: you, we're
0: Mark. all one? Yes. All part of the Haitian Millennium Podcast. I'm like
1: embarrassed. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to anybody who can't
0: count from 10 to 20.
1: That's not me. In Creole. I can
0: can. Listen, you are loved. You are appreciated. I'm
1: horrible past 50. You
0: are Haitian. Just like the man said, I could do a lot of Creole. This is not a good representation of my Creole. Mm. Because some of us in America, Mm. as Haitians, we pick up Creole on the go. Sometimes our parents don't teach us how to conjugate verbs, how to count. (laughs) We don't, you don't, you have to sit in school in Haiti to learn some of these
1: things. It's true.
0: So I want to say that TikTok made my day. So I feel like it should make a lot of people's day who understand that there is levels to this Haitian American thing. There's some of us that can count all the way to hundred. <laughs> but there's some of us who can't count to 10 or 10 to 20 for that matter. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the kicker
1: right there. But guess what? We all
0: what? Sure. We are Haitian, baby. One blood. <laughs> 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 One flag. Qu'est-ce que le flag a dit? Oh, je parle pas de français, mais qu'est-ce qu'on a dit? L'Union fait quoi? L'Union fait quoi? <laughs> 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 L'Union fait la force, baby. Listen, welcome, 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 welcome to the Haitian Millennial Podcast.
1: Hey, this is Gigi, and it's your girl Leona, and you are listening to the Haitian Millennial Podcast.
3: What's hey, up, Leona? Let's see, I'm going to go
0: What's poppin', what's poppin', what's poppin'? What's good? That's like that's how you intro pop. You no, I me? love that.
1: that <laughs> but you good. know,
0: you know why I had to intro it like
1: that
0: way? Why? We right here in our backyard. <laughs> we right here in the backyard. Like we we hear it like some people call it the oh. <laughs> some people just i've never just, heard
1: anyone call it the oh no, really?
0: no no stop playing i'm serious stop playing how long you how long you been around the over, o over to not know years. that people call it the o you went to you to the c to I the know f peop-
1: i know people call <laughs> it the C. please stop i know people call it the o i've just never heard anyone say the oh, o
0: stop it when stop when, when it. would that come up in conversation L- listeners listeners uh we have a fraud ucf attendee uh in the building and we are putting them out listen that's if you're listening crazy. and you've gone to the u to the c to the f and you understand that some people call it the o please shame Gigi in the comments please thank you very that's much
4: that's fine that's <laughs>
0: fine but for those of you who are not aware uh what the o stands for you know oh, it stands oh 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 see look okay, at tell, tell me one more time one more time <laughs> what it is they call it the o what what Old Town. They call it the Old Town as heard, well. I heard that. Oh but, but you know what? That came from the A Town. We call it Old Town, because you know back then mm-hmm. in our millennial era there was the A Time
3: Oh my god
0: stomp. Yeah. 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 I was like, where so are you we going were with trying? trying to, <laughs> we were trying to come up with a cool sling on on, on this I side thought of the street. The A
1: Town A-town stomp was a dance.
0: Yeah, yeah. In Old Town trying to do a dance too. <laughs> we were trying to do the uh the Chopper City. You don't know about that either? No. Oh. <gasps> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> how do you get <laughs> your Haitian card in a in an old ca- <laughs> yeah. like old card removed in yeah. the same I day? This is the move for your the card god
1: I, you, I didn't have it in the first place. You want to know you about the cal- Orlando card revoked?
0: But listen, listen, listen. I think I think because she went to the U to the C to the F, uh, she's only aware of this area in the old called East Orlando. Yes, I am. So at some point, the Choppa City Jook was originated in Choppa City. Mm-hmm. Which is known as Crime Hills, On aka Pine Hills, aka the West Side. Okay, you West know, Orlando. I'm being so West educated, I'm, I'm learning
1: so much right now.
0: Listen, so, 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 so as you guys could tell, we are in Orlando, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're here, baby, we are in Orlando. There's a correlation to that. I think half of Orlando's moving to Atlanta. I ain't going to hold you. I thought
1: that's been happening for over the decade, but they come back.
0: Exactly. Oh, Badzian, (laughs) Badzian, (laughs) okay. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. But we are in Orlando from our last episode that took place in Atlanta. Um, We are continuing a series that we are just so elated to just put out there because we're getting to sit with people that have just done things. And at some point, we want to be like them right? Uh, yeah, they've just do. been <laughs> impacting their communities and just doing things. So we are another episode in of our series called Haitian Success. Let's get it, baby. So we, again, we took you in Atlanta. Now we're bringing you to um, Orlando. Uh-oh. But before before we get into it, and as you last, the last episode, you heard another voice and it wasn't Leona. This one, you probably, maybe cause it, it's, it's, you know, it's female. Like you probably think it's Leona, but it's not okay. I just want to let you know that it's not Leona. Unfortunately, she's out there doing things that I will tell you later, but, um, <laughs> at that point, Leona, we miss you. Uh, shout out to you. Wish you were here, um, in Orlando with us. Uh, but you're out there doing things and keep doing what you do. And we'll see you in the next episode, right? Yep. We better. All right, that's, that's all I'm gonna say. All right, <laughs> Miss <laughs> Miss here. We need you here. Okay, that like uh, <laughs> <laughs> never that. It's all love. It's all love. Uh, but sitting across from me, uh, I have someone who I, we've met in many occasions, and we've done work together. And you know, she was someone that I confine in for a lot of things when it comes to music. Yeah. But that's not what a line draws right uh if we're gonna flex a little bit i have mm. something in front of me right now that says and i'm quoting that this young lady this haitian millennial has done things with her it ain't it ain't no regular her we're not talking about just a you know what i'm saying just her down the street no, no, no. no we're talking about h.e.r you see that yes, be her right 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 <laughs> and also summer walker Mm. <laughs> For the Americans The Asian Americans You know what I'm talking about But she's done a lot of things She's accomplished a lot In the music industry uh, But also she has a side to her That a lot of people May not know uh, she's But done they, a, should know. They, they should know And they're about to find out <laughs> Listen uh, She has done a lot Especially in this area That we in mm-hmm. Old Town Yeah You call it Orlando, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. But oh.
0: (laughs) We are sitting across from none other than Jen, Jennifer, Desiree, Hilaire. Is that what it is?
2: It's Jennifer Desire Hilaire. Oh, many.
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. (laughs) If (laughs) I could mark how gasp you know. We are sitting across um, from greatness and success. And we're going to unpack that. We're going to unpack that. And as the last episode, for all the listeners, I do talk a lot. So it's not going to be me. <laughs> I'm passing it on to the infamous Gigi. But before we do that, can we get a, a test in the room? How you feeling, Gigi? How you feeling? I What's
1: am I'm super excited. I have had a chance to chat with Jim before we got on the mics.
0: Right. She was potting before the party, y'all.
1: <laughs> not really. Just a little mm-hmm. bit. Just a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. like, you hold many titles Um, And I think you are, like, the definition of, like, quintessential Haitian millennial queen. Like, you're just doing so much. I'm impressed. When Mark said, you know, we want to be like you, I want to be like you. I do. I do. do. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's a beautiful day out. So, yeah, Yeah, a beautiful day in the O. (laughs)
0: Get with it or get lost. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I do. But But, uh, how are you? Um, I'm good. A little lit in the inside. In the, oh, the inside, inside. love okay. it, love it, love but it, love it. Love. Okay, Happy to be here. All right. Oh so, yeah. Round so of
0: I, applause. So, so I guess we
1: started off easy.
0: Oh, nobody gonna ask me how I'm doing. It's cool.
1: Oh wow. It's cool. I thought cool. You're cool. Are you were. How Nah, nah, yourself? listen, 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 <laughs> doing, listen,
0: listen. I'm used to this. I, I ain't new to this. I'm used to he never this. Really expressed himself. You
1: know how are you doing, Mark?
0: I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you for asking.
2: How's you know? your day so far?
0: So far, so good. You know, I, I am elated and happy to be in your presence. Okay. To hear more about maybe some things I didn't even know. Yeah. So let's do. Let's do that. Let's do that.
2: Okay. (laughs) All
0: right, Gigi, take it away. So we are
1: gonna start off hopefully nice and easy, but basic. Give us an introduction and tell us about your upbringing. Okay, do I have to take it back to like
0: Haiti? All no? the way oh, back. all the way back. This is
1: What? Are we, do we take it back, the to back. All the way back. This is the Haitian Maligno podcast. HMP. You're not a part <laughs> of the group that can't count to 20. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen.
2: Okay, all right. So my name is Jennifer. I actually was born in Haiti, and I moved to the United States in 08. And I lived in Haiti half of my life. I guess I would say. And living in Haiti was good. Like, my mom used to actually work at the television station in Haiti.
0: Port-au-Prince? No, no, no. Where, Port-au-Prince, where Port Port Port-au-Prince. Port-au-Prince.
2: Tainash? Yes. Oh! I'm going to talk about the Tainash. God, did. So my mother worked there, like, my whole life. So no. I guess my upbringing was around, like, me, my mom being at the television and, like, us being able to go back and forth. Because after school we had a driver (laughs) and our driver would take us to my mom's job until she got out of work so that Mm. he could take us home. So it was, it was pretty interesting to be around like the television station, the people that are coming in and out, seeing the interviews being done, like seeing the news happening. And like, I remember one time, like I was at Tanash and there was like, I don't know if it was like what they're called but it's pretty much like when there's a lot of people out there just throwing stuff and manifestation that word okay. yeah <laughs> and we were locked down uh-huh. at Tanash and mm-hmm. like we couldn't leave and we had to like stay in uh-huh. the bunks of Danosh and i was like so scared but i was a kid but i feel like a lot of what a lot of things that i currently do um, has a lot to do with like my upbringing and what I was surrounded by. Like even with my nonprofit, like my my grandmother used to do all the things that I do nowadays, from feeding the needy and providing food and groceries to everybody, having her own like market. Like she had she had her own Walmart. Mm. <laughs> so like my whole life has been pretty much set for me. Mm. And everything that I've done, even though I may not, like, see, like, oh, like, I'm trying to be, like, my parents, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the things that I currently do goes back to, like, my roots and, like, even with music, like, I always think about, like, going to... Um, carnival every single year i mm. was the little girl at the top a little carnival thing with my little carnival outfit but you're vip though yeah but now go play i was it. no i was never <laughs> in, the, in there because then has his own like of truck course, of course. but i was with all the artists i was mm. having fun like that was my life mm. and like it's not like this in the united states like fun is like was a 24-7 thing for us my mm. mom owned a nightclub and we also had like our house where we live we used to live somewhere called Lapland mm-hmm. in Port-au-Prince. I don't know. I'm, you know. I'm okay. going to Lapland. Okay. okay. But like our house sits on acres and acres of land. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty fun. Like we'll have parties all the time. And like my mom would invite artists from the television station at the house. And we were, we were able to throw on parties. Like I'd be like, I want to have this type of party for my <laughs> birthday and invite these people. And it would be like all these people at the parties. It was fun. Like, I got to live, like, not a normal life, Mm -hmm. I would say. But, my parents were very big on education, very big on making sure, like, you do what you want to do. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's ever been something that I've wanted to do with my life that my dad or my mom is like, don't do it. Mm -hmm. I think it's the more like, how can we help you? Mm -hmm. And, is this gonna help you pay your bills? Is this gonna make you happy? And then that's it. And, I think when I moved to the United States, um, I had like a culture shock because mm. um, <sighs> <laughs> Haiti is like, um, I went to American school in Haiti. It's called New American School. Mm. <laughs> Most of that do that <laughs> you know where is that? It's, no, never heard of it. It's like, um, it's not in Delma. It's,
0: it's by TV. like
2: Digicel.
0: Okay. And by okay. Petoville? Or
2: Delma? It wasn't Delma. So it's not Delma. Okay. I forgot. It's so it was like, past Delma? It's in the rich area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, so
0: probably like where I'm Pittsburgh. Yes. Okay, gotcha. In okay. that area. Okay. Uh,
2: but it was like an American school and mm. going to American school in Haiti and like still like having a normal life because mm. everybody that went to the American school were American or like they had American parents or their parents lived in in I don't know, New York, Jersey, Mm -hmm. Florida, but they were able to afford going to American school because Mm -hmm. you still get the same level of education as you would here. Mm -hmm. You're just in American school in Haiti. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So everybody spoke English. It was, everything was like English. There was nothing Creole. Like it was never anything Creole. So So, then why the culture shock? I think it's because when you live in Haiti, you you hear about like America, like it's, the land of the free and everything is perfect and your life is going to be changed and just just all these dreams that sold to you but nobody really talked about like how hard you have to work Mm -hmm. you know like it's not like easy like in haiti for me it's easier because my parents own land my grandmother owns land like we had it like we were living like Mm -hmm. life was good Mm -hmm. so like to live here and be like wow like i was rich in haiti <laughs> <laughs> right i had my own maid like what is happening here you guys don't know what a maid is like mm-hmm. why don't you have a maid like why is that not a normal thing for you guys mm-hmm. and like people working all the time like the the levels of having fun and the levels of working mm-hmm. doesn't like add up to with each other i feel like people don't have a work-life balance mm-hmm. in america oh, no everybody's work 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 because it's like you have to pay your taxes Mm. you have to pay your bills you have to save you have to do this but in Haiti it's like let's just have some fun Mm -hmm. like
0: after work it's fun (laughs) exactly (laughs) like
2: it's there's always time for family there's always time to have fun there's always time for community Mm. there's always time for like life Mm -hmm. because you can do that in the backyard like you have mango trees in your backyard you have kidnap trees in your backyard Mm. like you don't have to go like to walmart or publix and spend so much money on groceries because you can grow everything at your house or like depending on where you live so i think like here is like and then like the food was different the air is different mm-hmm. like when i moved here the air was like drowning me mm. like it was so bad i was just like whoa like and then like the first month i think like i had a really bad allergic reaction to the water like it was crazy i was breaking out in hives
0: you think it would be the opposite, right? When someone comes yeah. from the U.S. and go to a foreign country, they usually have that, what you're experiencing, but you had that backwards. Yeah,
2: backwards. Yes, mm. I was losing it. Like, I could not, I couldn't eat a lot of things because, like, my stomach, I just couldn't hold food. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out, okay, like, what is going to be my new diet because I'm used to eating things that my grandmother would send to us because she lives in Las Cabas, in mm. Las Cabas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that me? okay so much things i didn't know but continue. so
2: like in las calabas you have your own cattle you mm. do your, you do everything yeah. you grow everything from the ground up mm-hmm. like growing up in haiti and going to my grandmother's house she made coffee she made peanut butter she did the milk oh, wow. she, she had the eggs she had the chicken she had the goat she had everything and mm-hmm. she'd kill all of that stuff and sell it to the little small merchants mm-hmm. so like every time we would come back home she would give us our share So I was eating all that stuff that I saw my grandmother. Organic. Exactly. Like (laughs) she this she raised these things. Mm -hmm. So to come here and like eat the eggs don't look the same. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The cheese don't nothing is the same. Mm -hmm. And I'll get sick, like really bad. Mm -hmm. And I would just break out hives. Like I would be super depressed. Like my stomach would be like super bloated b- bloated because like the food is just so heavy mm-hmm. compared to like, you know, in Haiti, you cook on two, three bricks mm-hmm. or rocks things and you put shabon.
4: <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
2: throw a wash mm-hmm. some shabon and then you there start you cooking. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just weird. And like, I had to start learning how to wash my clothes with it like having a wash machine instead of washing it by hand. Mm -hmm. But then, like, it wasn't the same quality Mm -hmm. because when you wash your clothes by hand, you Mm -hmm. can actually, like, go down Mm -hmm. the dirt, you know? Mm -hmm. It was was (laughs) different. (laughs) (laughs) It's so different. And now it's like, wow, like, I'm super Americanized. (laughs) But I don't know. I think that I'm super proud of, like, all the hard work that my parents have done for me and my my brother and I always think back on like oh man like if my dad didn't make all these sacrifices for us like there's a lot of things we wouldn't have access to mm. and I don't know I think like although I do appreciate the community and the culture and the life that you can have in Haiti if you have the funds for it mm-hmm. and the I guess the opportunity and resources for it. I definitely do understand why America, obviously, is a better option. It's mm-hmm. safer, and the opportunities here are endless, but you have to be willing to work for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I don't know. So Oof. yeah, that's kind of like my upbringing. I'm 28, by the way.: hey. <laughs> hey. Um,
0: gang, gang. What else? Wait, before we, before we go further and before Gigi resume her questioning, I just want to highlight that um, we said Nash like it's normal <laughs> uh, because we, we were down there and we know what Téanache is and what it stands for for the Haitian community in Haiti. But for those that don't know, it is uh, Television Nationale d'Aiti. Um, so the station is located pretty much in the center mm-hmm. of Port-au-Prince. Um, so it, as soon as you pass Nash, you kind of go into La Ville and as soon as you pass the Nash going up, you kind of going to Pittsburgh. So it's kind of like in that middle area. And to be honest, the only thing I remember about the Nash is there was a kid that was always singing in front of it. Mm. And he, he had he made his own instruments. I think he was like doing instruments by his mouth. Like it was wow. crazy. That used to be the area where people go in. Yeah, do like, they would. Um, that is the thing.
2: People would come out there and perform and right. play. Art. Like- put the arts up. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, because again, that's the main station. Mm-hmm. Um there was there was Thile Max, but uh Television then was like the original mm-hmm. almost like the television station that Just most like people It's like a CNN. Right.
1: So, so like I was born in the US. Okay. And um I've had a chance to hear Mark's story of his upbringing and his life and I've heard yours and I'm always like I'm a little jealous. <laughs> Why? I'm a little de- No, because it's like when you grow up in america especially when your parents you know have come here and they made the sacrifices i distinctly remember knowing that even as a small child we were without or we were less than or mm-hmm. in terms of our socioeconomic economic status like it was very like ingrained in me that like we had made this big decision to come here we're struggling, but because we're struggling, you have to be able to make this all Mm -hmm. worthwhile. So a lot of the things, yes, there were happy times and like, of course, you know, quintessential growing up in America type things, but there's things that I think because of our economic status, we just didn't have access to. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you guys were very privileged in a beautiful way, which I don't think (laughs) a lot of people recognize that Haitian people, can have privileged lifestyles and have pleasure and all these things so that's why it's like jealousy in a good way mm-hmm. it makes me happy but it's also like dang we come here
2: and it's it's extremely <laughs> ghetto <laughs> i i would say like i get it and I also i think a lot of people don't know that a lot of haitian people live a very good life if they have it like the mm. ones that have it, like, the resources and mm. the opportunity to have that good and life. And it doesn't
0: necessarily have to be monetary. Exactly. Res- mm-hmm. res- resources.
2: It's just, it's a good life, mm. and people are happy, and, like, it's a family. Like, everybody's together. It, it's amazing. Like, I, it's like now, like, for me, I always have, like, parties at my house, and I, like, I'll cook a bunch of food and invite my friends <clears> and stuff. <clears throat> <laughs> Are we going
0: to be friends now? What's us Let's
2: But it's a Haitian thing because in <laughs> Haiti, you know, your mom will cook mm-hmm. and everybody's invited. Yeah. Especially Sunday and Saturday. Right. Saturday and That's, you don't where... even know them, but it, they're your uncles.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I remember doing things like that, but, you know, as like life went on, it became less and less for me personally you gotta keep it going then. Yeah.
2: because then like your kids are not gonna have those opportunities to live the life that you 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 want to live that's true so you have to keep those things going or create new things so that you can pass it down to your kids maybe it's not in you but if you have a daughter and she could be like the party person <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I love that I would love that so 2008 you're in the US culture shock yeah you eventually went on to study at UCF and graduate. Um, what led to your decision to pursue the major that you did and then ultimately the career that you first entered into upon, like, I guess, adulthood? Um,
2: I actually wanted to go to school to be, like, a dentist.
1: Mm-hmm. Really?
2: Yeah. Okay. I don't know, because, you know, like, in Haiti, you know, you got three things to do. You lick all... <laughs> those are the rules that you live by Mm -hmm. so like for me if i knew that like going to school was like my main priority i was like okay i i'm gonna do something that's gonna make my family proud Mm -hmm. and i thought like because we're all instilled that like you have to be a doctor you have to be a lawyer you have to be like a president to make your family proud and I wanted to do that, but I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was in high school, I asked my teacher had asked me what I wanted to do. And I was like, one day I want to start a nonprofit. Mm. And I was in like 10th grade or 11th grade, I okay. think. And then he was like, well, that's not really like a good plan. You got to have a plan B. So like what I think you should do is go to school for sociology and a minor in nonprofit and then this and that. And I was like, okay. So I kind of like, it kind of like, Crush my dreams a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But I still went to school for sociology. Okay. Because <laughs> I had to go to school. I didn't have a choice. And then um as I was going to school, I was also like starting fusion and doing all the nonprofit work that I wanted to do on my own. Like just out of my home, just putting it all as together. As an
1: undergrad student.
2: Like as a child. As a I child, I was 16 when I started doing this stuff. Wow. And then in high school. I started doing more music stuff. That was before I even went to college. Mm. And it was, it was different because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I just kind of like knew I had to get it started rather than like go to school and then get it started. Like you spend four years in school and then you have to get it started because you're scared that you might fail. But you won't know until you try. Mm-hmm. So I was going to school and doing everything on the side So, I used to live in Mm. (laughs)
4: Poinciana. So,
2: it was the worst time ever. But I used to, I had this little Toyota that my dad and I built.
0: (laughs) And you built a Toyota. Talk about Haitian success. Yes. (laughs) Yo, how many Haitian believers can say they built a Toyota? So,
1: you guys bought the car and built it up? So,
2: we bought the the skin. Oh, Wow. Mm at a junkyard like Let's when see. a car like hits on fire the skin is left and they take all the parts out mm. so you buy the skin of it and then you build the motor from scratch mm. and then you find you go to different junkyards and put it in the little pieces so because i was going to different ju- junkyards to like get like different pieces of the car mm. my car was different colors
0: <laughs> he's driving the, uh, and i was
2: driving it just like that
0: you know the story's coming out in june so this is perfect <laughs>
2: So like I had this car It was like Five different colors Cause mm. I built it And I had to get All the little pieces From the junkyard With my dad But I was driving My little Toyota From Point Siena To UCF To Valencia Like every single wait minute, day Wait a minute
0: Wait a minute Wait a minute You guys built the car And it worked
1: Yes <laughs>
4: What is your what is your what is what is your
1: dad's profession? Like he's by a training, he's a mechanic. Okay, yeah. okay. Right. My dad's a mechanic. He's okay. been a
2: mechanic all his life. Okay. They
0: would take mechanic. I'm the guy on Toyota from scratch. I like that. But Gunshots I'll for that. I would say
2: like there's he built two cars. Okay. For me, like one of them I did with him, and the other one he did it himself. Mm-hmm. Me and my dad are like best friends, so. So we were able to like bond in that way. Mm-hmm. But um, I used to drive from Kissimmee, like from Point Siena, mm-hmm. like deep in the woods.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like like, nip, 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 nip. Deep, mm-hmm. like deep. Like <laughs> <laughs> like
0: the deepest of it Just all. like a <laughs> Exactly. De
2: and I used to drive to school. And then after that, I would go to like my internships at like different studios. And I I wouldn't get home till like 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And about the that My dad never asked any questions. Mm. Mm. As long as I had good grades, I was doing what I was supposed to do. I wasn't getting in trouble. He didn't care. Mm.
4: Okay.
2: Are you the oldest? I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. Okay. I'm the baby. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I get a lot of, um, like, my dad kind of like, uh. Okay.
4: Because
2: I'm the baby. like. It's okay. That's usually like, what happens. So my brother would be like, you let Jennifer do whatever she wants to do. <laughs> Mark and I are both older
1: siblings, so we te- we definitely understand the younger sibling vibe.
2: Yeah, like I literally, I'd be doing everything, and my brother would be like, Dad knows about this? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Like he saw it, like he saw, he was there <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And he's just be like, how does, how do you get away with everything? Uh, I'm I'm like, like,
0: I, me too. Oh. We
2: all used to get back on Haiti. I think it's because I always, so one of the things that I'll say like me and my dad is I, I'm trying to heal my dad. Mm. So with that comes with me explaining things to him mm. and, trying to show that there's a good way to do things and there's a bad way mm-hmm. and this is all trauma mm-hmm. And I think because I'm able to have conversations with him mm-hmm. and tell him like, hey, I want to do I want to move to Atlanta and he's like, what's in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. there's nothing out there. you don't know anyone in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We have no family. I'm miles away but I'm like dad me going to Atlanta, would allow me to work at this record label, which allowed me to have all these things, opportunities to maybe build my career elsewhere. And if I don't take this opportunity right now, mm-hmm. I might miss out on it. Mm-hmm. And this is something I really want to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes when we ask our parents for something, we don't explain ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't give like proper reason to why we wanna do something. We just be like, yo, I wanna go to Atlanta. And they're like, you can't go. Because I don't know why you're going, man, you don't want me to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. But for me, I'd be like, dad, I saved for six months worth of Mm. rent. I'm going to pay my rent for like up to six months. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I have a plan. I'm like that with everything, though. Like, I'd be like, this is my plan. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to do. And then after, if it doesn't work out in three years, I'm going to move back. And if it does, or like, I'll say like when I moved to Atlanta before I left, I made sure I had somewhere else. Like if it didn't work out, I could come back. I had my, I still had my lease together. I was still on my lease, even though I was living in Atlanta. So if Atlanta didn't work out, I could come back Mm -hmm. because like my dad is like, never do anything without a plan. Mm. And like, he's helped me like go through that. And I think that's probably why I get away with a lot of things with my parents, because I'd be like. Why didn't you do this with your life? And he's like, "Well, I didn't have the time." And I'm like, "Well, I have the time." <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so you're 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 teaching our listeners, the Haitian malingers who maybe didn't have that clear communication with their parents, that Haitians that that could have been that could have been the the answer to yeah. possibly. Okay. What about those that probably tried the same method you've done, and maybe their dad or their mom wasn't as Open. receptive mm-hmm. to the communication?
2: I think that they have to see it in you mm-hmm. like if they see that you're like a being good like your life is good mm-hmm. you're influencing people you're the changes that you want them to make mm-hmm. like you're you have that within you and they're like man like jennifer's doing really well mm-hmm. let me like <laughs> listen to her more yeah. and see what's going on and i think it has a lot to do with like openness mm-hmm. and transparency, I think some of us kind of like hide things from our family members, Mm. especially your dad or mom, because we think like, oh, mom is not going to accept this or mom Mm. is not going to like this, but your parents will kill somebody for you, you know, Mm. (laughs) like I think my dad would, (laughs) at least, I I feel like my parents will do anything for me, like Mm. I know that my dad would do anything for me, so why not be transparent with them? Mm.
1: So when you shared with your family initially that it was the music industry that you wanted to get into, what was their
2: perspective Um,
1: or a reaction
2: i didn't share that i wanted to be in the music industry i shared that i wanted to do events Mm -hmm. okay and that's kind of like how it went and when i did his reaction was oh i know a friend that does events maybe Mm -hmm. you can like talk to her Mm -hmm. and see like what she says or like let me call my friend Mm -hmm. and see like how she's doing and how's her event business going
0: so your parents approach it from a like a network standpoint like from my network Based How on what you're, you? okay, that's yeah. different.
2: Did they see it as your future career? They just saw it as something that I was passionate about. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that I, I'm very like, if I'm going to do something, mm-hmm. you can't tell me I can't do it. <laughs> like, even if I get a yes or a no, that I'm still Z. do it. Yeah, like, <laughs> bad. Like, you can't tell me. Like, if I think about doing something and I mm-hmm. put, like I put together a plan, mm-hmm. then there's no way that I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So like for me to even come up to my dad and say, hey, I want to start an event business. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I already had a plan. Mm-hmm. I already knew what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it was easier for him to get back like behind it because I had a plan. Mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted to do. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how long I'm going to do it. This is my goal. This is how I'm going to pay my bills mm-hmm. as I continue building this up. And, you know, like even now, like he's, he's always like, oh, my friend, she does weddings now. You know, like, do you want to get into the wedding business? (laughs) Ask a cop. And he's like, they're making a lot of money. (laughs) And I'm like... Mm-hmm. okay but you know the fact that he even thinks of me and my business and mm-hmm. find ways and opportunities for me to grow outside of what I wanted to do and eventually I was like I really want to do concerts and shows and mm-hmm. events and he was like are you making money how do you do it like and he wanted to know how I do it like he asks questions like so how mm-hmm. do you make the money now I'll explain it to him, and he's like you gotta sell your tickets more money you gotta make your tickets $50 $100 <laughs> like you'd be like I see you, I put I see you put on Facebook you have tickets for $10 what is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> what is happening I'm like Dad, it's just a small open mic thing he's like I don't care make it $15 <laughs> and I'm like oh my gosh just leave it alone but it's kind of like he's very invested Mm -hmm. because i allowed him to be like he knows what's happening he's able to like even with like my nonprofit. like i tell him anytime we have an event i tell him anytime we have a donation anytime we're doing anything that's like that he should know about he knows and i make sure that he's like a part of it to some degree yeah because it's like it's my dad and he's my best friend so it's it's (laughs) i think like my life is much so this is going to be like a really weird thing to say. I don't know if it's weird, but I think that no girl should ever be without a father. hmm Like, I think that I am only as successful as I am because of my dad.
0: Or in, in any other instance of father figure. Yes.
2: In, in because way, so. I look to my dad for val- validation, mm-hmm. for reassurance, for comfort, for like everything. And... I think if I didn't have that father figure in my life, there's a lot of things that I wouldn't take a risk on. Like, I take a lot of risk, and I think it's, like, in the back of my head, I always be like, if this doesn't work out, I know my dad got mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I can, like, go back and talk to my dad about this and see how I could, like, fix it or something. Yeah. The support system. Yeah. And my Mm -hmm. father, I have had the same business his whole entire life. Mm -hmm. Like, he's been a mechanic his whole life. Mm -hmm. He's been at the same place his whole life. Mm -hmm. He's had the same phone number his whole life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I've seen him be consistent with what he does. Mm -hmm. And he's consistently provided for us on his one income and never did anything else. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if I know, like, the life that I've had with my dad providing Mm -hmm. for us and being our sole provider, if he can do that, then like, I can do it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'll, I see like other, like when I date guys be like, why are you like this? And I'd be like, cause I got a dad. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad tell me, and they're like, this is why I don't be talking to girls that, cause some girls have daddy issues. Oh God. <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't have daddy issues. You could go. <laughs> like oh, you God. can go right now. It's, but yeah, I think like. And even in, in Haiti, there's a lot of, you know, like a lot of people in Haiti, like if you do have your grandpa is like a father figure, mm-hmm. your uncles are like a father, like you have that. I feel like here, like that's very like detached. Yes. Like it takes a village. Everybody raised you. Yes. In Haiti. Mm-hmm. So like. Indeed. I, I will know.
0: come back on the main.
2: Tut mun a <laughs> 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 oh,
1: It's beautiful for you to share that because I do think, especially in our culture, Especially in, when you're in America, the narrative of, you know, not having a dad, daddy issues, I think yes. takes way more prevalence mm-hmm. than what's, you know, the also the truth is that there are women like you that have super supportive fathers and look what the outcome is that. So thank you for sharing that because that's really important for that to be out there, especially in this month. I know, right? It's Father's Day. <laughs> it's Father's Day. Day. Coming out. It's coming up. It's my guy. So with your um, business, first of all, Fusion, highly successful. Yeah. It's it's probably where I think the the world got to get to know you yeah. first. Um, when did you realize, was there a moment or an event you threw that you were like, wow, this is actually, like, this is working. This is it.
2: Not really. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's been, like, a... a I wouldn't say there's been a time where I'm like, oh, this is working. I think it's more like the people. Okay. And like the growth that I've seen in the community that we've built over time. Because like the first event I've ever had, which like 2015, 2016, I think, Mm -hmm. we didn't have a lot of people show up and I cried. I was like devastated. You cried? Yes. I was out there crying. (laughs) I was so sad and like. I rented out a bigger venue than I needed, and the venue was super expensive, and it was just, like, too much. And I was in college, so I couldn't afford it. <laughs> like, I just could not afford it. And mm-hmm. it was like, wow, this was a big risk. But what I thought of was 80 people showed up to this event. Mm-hmm. I, at the time, I didn't think anyone would show up. I didn't think that I had the pool or... People knew me enough to come to my event or even buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself that day, like, if 80 people comes this time, yeah, maybe another 80 can come next time mm. if you do a little bit more work or if you're just consistent. And every event I put together a goal, like, okay, last event you had 100 people. Mm-hmm. Let's try 150 next month or next week. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I went about it. Like, I just thought to myself – the only way that you will ever fail at this is if you stop. Okay. Like, the moment you stop being consistent, you allow somebody else to take your place. Mm-hmm. And I just kept going. Every like, I don't think there's ever been a time where, like, I just said, like, I'm going to stop doing this because it's too hard. Or I'm going to stop doing this because people are not supporting me. Or people are not buying my tickets. Like, a loss is a loss. Like, you can win next time. hmm you're only going to lose and stay losing if you don't try again.
0: Yo, who needs see Harvey again? Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, next
1: slaps. time you can win. And you can win big. Yeah, and that's good because I think a lot of people think there's like some magic that has to happen. Like some serendipity. But you're just saying stay consistent. Stay
2: consistent. Like honestly, anything in this world. Like if you want to be a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Be a stripper every single
1: day. Mm. Mm. I was telling Mark there's no strippers in Haiti. Is that true?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you gonna step me up like that? So, <laughs> what I said was there was a thing where I saw, you know, with the Haitian Millennium Podcast, thank God for exposure and just us being in that aspect of the Haitian um, field. So, I follow, um, or we should say, we follow a couple pages who are just exposing things that are happening in Haiti. Someone Showed a clip of a first pole dancing class as fitness in Haiti, and I said, "Where? <laughs> the gateway. Konya yo sport lot semaine strip club."
2: I actually don't think there's. I don't think I've ever been to a strip club in that's Haiti. That's what I'm saying. St- right. And that's what I told him. Right. But
0: there's a strip club in the Bahamas and other islands. So I think Haiti just it might be a, a holy strip club where.
2: No, I think it's because of compa.
0: You can't strip to compa.
2: No, I think challenge. Is, challenge. No, no, wait, no, no, no. no. <laughs> challenge. No, I. So I think kumquat is such a sexual, intimate dance. that That's what, what you the, think. Why do you need strippers for?
0: Hmm, when you can dance like that.
2: No, when you it can is dance very like intimate. that. Is yeah.
0: that what y'all think?
2: Yes, it's very intimate. Komba,
0: komba I mean, is parallel to
1: stripping. No, it's not parallel. <laughs> It's not parallel. I think to what, I think what you're saying, Jen. You can correct me if I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bayo, I would the
1: rather compa
2: than pay for a strip club. Yeah, there's a there's a thing. i satisfied. Compa all night.
0: So the guy. So you speaking? Okay, oh, let me put my my guy brain on. <laughs> <laughs> so as a guy who, okay, are we putting it in the context of a guy who's already exposed to a strip club? And that would still take compa over sugar, or someone who never heard the idea of strip clubs would take compa instead.
4: Hmm.
2: Hmm.
0: From a guy perspective, because apparently this it was made so to I've, entertain. I've
2: been to Magic City. Hmm, Atlanta. <laughs> shout out to you. So, like, you still smell like Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been to multiple strip clubs, and <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like. I personally, because I've experienced a strip club mm-hmm. as a girl and I, I do the, all of the stuff mm, the guys do at the, you know, we I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do all of that and mm. eat the chicken wings. I do all mm. of that. <laughs> but I think like compa is so like an intimate thing. And like depending on who you're dancing with, mm. you can get different levels of it. Mm-hmm. Ooh,
0: imagine a compa party with money thrown. Mark, the guy <laughs> <then>, like- <laughs> drop the guy and money get thrown. Right. Actually, I've seen that. I've seen that. Shout out to DJ Stacks. I feel like on parties where he hosts, mm-hmm. especially in New York, and these dudes who feel like they got it, they throw money. They throw money. I to, okay, I was about
2: so to, is say, that I ver- to throw money at
0: me. Is that is that our version I don't know. of the stripper? I'm just club?
2: saying, though, I feel like I would rather that. Mm. And then, like, Haitian Gouillard mm. and like working mm. at the clubs or like it's not the same it's not the same it's not so i don't know i think i would rather like i go like this point part. that you
1: i
0: don't brought think, up. i don't think a man ever was on a girl. to like let me pull out some ones i don't know that's why i'm no, lost you wouldn't throw bit. money
1: on the man
0: no the
2: woman but what are the chances of you going to a compa party and mm. finding your wife then going to the strip club and finding your wife
0: well, we, we can't talk right now because Zion,
2: <laughs> we have a situation oh, with yeah, Zion Williams right now. That I don't true. know. He, <laughs> he, got got a has- he, he found a lot of things. <laughs> he, a, he got a baby coming. So he found a whole <laughs> lot of might, things.
0: But he's like, he might be Haitian. Williamson? Oh. oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> Zion and Williamson?
2: Actually, no, Mark, my ex-best best
0: friend's son is named Zion. Wait, so hold on. Technically, hold on. What?
2: your ex-best friend?
0: Son, yeah. Yeah, we're not best friends anymore. So, this is my. Ex.
2: How do you not be best
0: friends with somebody hey, just, after being best I Get the bye story on a podcast <laughs> Bye bye, Leon, call me. Just so you know.
2: <laughs> but you said your ex
1: best friend's son. son. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: His so name the, is Zion. So, the so, son
1: is young. Right, right. Yeah. But
0: this Zion, Williamson, somebody better check it. Fact check it, please. <laughs>
1: Williamson? No, I don't
0: want us cling to, claim no, to what, that
2: how do you find?
0: <laughs> no the Haitian man we're taking an L right now so sorry Williamson is part of us Zion is part of but the Haitian but the reason crew.
2: why Haitians will not go to the strip club <laughs> is because they can't do the guyard.
0: Uh, in there
2: in there oh. yeah the concept so
0: they see the buns
2: but they can't do nothing but, but they throw the do- money. Wow. But if you go Get- to the compa, you can dance you can with her. You can dance with the strippers. Yo, 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 yo.
0: i promoter, promoter, Hit me up right now. I'm going to run promoter. I'm looking at this camera. Is my camera? Yo, if you're a promoter right now, this is breaking news. <laughs> throw the next stripper goo party right now, bro. Jen, Jen is a genius, I promise you, bro. Really? I promise Think about you. It. Yo, shout out, shout out. Yo yo, 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 That's why you
2: do the events. <laughs> That's right, why, and Haitians the, they touchy touchy. Oh, you know, they want to grab you, so we got to have
0: a champagne room too. i <laughs> okay. Chris Rock say what? No, listen no, no 20, <laughs> 20 grand
2: a room, 20 grand a room, 20
0: grand a room. Oh, they oh, yeah. go again, P. p, p. Oh. it's why I let them again, p, 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 again.
2: <laughs> 20 20 grand a room.
0: Oh, South okay. Florida,
2: think about it though, like Atlanta. Backyard. People are like mm. they be doing the dips and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and they they're doing a lot now. Damn. In Haiti, it's not mm. like that. It's just goyad, right. <laughs> like they don't do the extra. Mm. You just gotta know how to dance. You don't know how to dance, mm. yeah. Here, but it's a little different here. Like everybody's mm. learning how to dance compa. I don't know. Like in Haiti, everybody knows how to dance compa. Mm. The grandparents, the aunts. What
0: kind of compa though? The grandparents not goyading though. What? I just I just verbed Guad That
2: everybody like I've never been to a party where everybody was dancing. True, mm, true. And true. then like there's also like la, la mm, Right. And, like there's different. There's tier. different types. Like yeah. it depends on what kind of music you're playing. How about and that then, now? Yeah, and then sometimes mm. like you have a band. If you have a band,
0: they can play anything. Oh my.
2: God. They have the little tambour.
0: Yeah, But before, I know we got off on a tangent okay. really quickly and um, Gigi asked a question, but I wanted to get back a little bit um, if we step back because um, we talked about the fusion aspect. Mm-hmm. What is fusion?
2: Fusion is a production company and we host events for local and any upcoming artists. So basically, one of the biggest things that when I started was I knew a lot of people that were making music and they were... Doing music in their house and their producers, but they weren't really performing it. It mm. wasn't really like it was like, I'm gonna put it on my MySpace, so I'm gonna put it Oh you
0: are <laughs> oh, you talking to the millions right there. You talking to us.
2: Or the SoundCloud mm. or whatever. I'm gonna burn your C D with my songs on there. Mm. <laughs> and that was and really the Gen big. Z. The Zillenians right now burn the C D. How does
0: it still work if you burn it? <laughs> They'll do that. Right.
2: <laughs> and I feel like at the time, like nobody was really like performing like i Mm -hmm. i expected because in haiti you perform on the streets like Mm -hmm. there's performers everywhere like it's normal to have performances that's a thing Mm -hmm. and i wanted to do something that was a little different that from what i was used to and one of the things that i was trying to look for was more events that helped local artists like create a fan base and connect with other people share their music and see if it's good (laughs) because it's like you don't know like when you make music or you create anything you won't Mm -hmm. really know until you let other people see it other people hear it experience it Mm -hmm. so that was kind of like the idea that I had was create a space where people could feel comfortable to Mm -hmm. connect with other people and have experiences meet other people grow your fan base and just Mm -hmm. like get out of your house (laughs) you know like and I was young so at the time I used to be called the girl with the haircut yeah that's how I used to go by. And I used to do, like, designs of my hair. Because I, so I, I had a little cut. Uh-huh. And I would get, like, by these Puerto Ricans and kiss at me. Oh, you immersed <laughs> immerse yourself in the culture.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: I was get all these different hairstyles, like, haircuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I would go by the girl, the haircut. And I would go to other people's events and, like, support them. And just kind of, like, see how I can build my name and, like, my network. And then eventually I started doing fusion. And we started booking artists. And it was hard like because i was doing it not never seeing what i wanted to do like i knew what i wanted to do but i'd never see something that looked like it exactly like it there was other things going on but it wasn't exactly what i wanted to do Mm. so i was still like supporting other companies that were doing events and there was like i'll say like back in the day there's so many like events going on from like different company, but it was all men ran, Mm. like men random. And (laughs) I would like work the door for them or like I used to like pass out flyers but that's kind of like how I learned. And I remember I reached out to one of my friends and I'm like, hey, do you need an intern? Like, and they're like, what is an intern? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Don't do, like <laughs> Don't do the man like that. Don't do the man like that. I mean, some people didn't know what an intern was at the time, because it wasn't like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like in New York and LA, like you didn't know what an intern was. Mm-hmm. Or like, even like some people are not laying on you, but like here in Orlando, there wasn't really a lot of industry things going on that would you will need an intern for mm. and i was just like hey like i want to learn and i want to like see how you do what you're doing so can i work for you and you don't have to pay me but you have to teach me mm. Mm. um that's i learned a perfect some things of yeah you have to teach them that's mm. the the biggest part It's like i think sometimes you do an internship and you go in there you think you're gonna get paid but if i'm teaching you everything from the ground up like
0: that's worth more than money.
1: But that's the mentality now with internships. It's that's, a lot. They just
2: expect to be paid, for sure. Not me. I don't have time for that. <laughs> like, if I have to spend my time teaching you, like, mm-hmm. no. If Especially if you're somebody that charges an hourly rate for stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm spending hours teaching you something that I could charge someone else.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, they can pay me so I can teach them those things. Like, why? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? <laughs> so like for me it was it just started like that. And then eventually I just like kept going. Like I would have nights where like eighty people would show up, I make no money, I would like be in the negative, I still do it the next time. Like I'd be like, Whatever, like I'm gonna do another one. <laughs> I just kept doing it and kept doing it and then I kept supporting other people and I kept doing internships and I kept working. I used to work at a studio called Level Eleven. And that was where, like, X, you know the artist X? X. Hmm. He passed. X. T- t- oh, oh, yeah, RIP. <laughs> yes. To X, and, like, yeah. all of them, they all, like, that whole crew of artists, they all used to work out of that studio. Yeah. In New Orlando. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was before he was famous. Mm.
4: That's interesting.
2: <laughs> so, like, before he, like, went crazy viral and stuff, like, all that song. All that stuff happened at that studio Mm -hmm. and I was there and I was like the girl that was setting up the studio and it was cool, but (laughs) it wasn't like cool because of like the experience because it was very interesting being in that space, but it was cool because I got to be a part of the process and the growth and the just being a part of what's happening and seeing it and being knowing that like man like I seen this artist go from doing little small shows to becoming on the billboard selling artists, mm-hmm. you know? And so that was happening and I started working at this other place called um well, Studio eighteen. I worked there.
0: Studio eighteen, you should have <laughs> yeah, to studio 18. I used to actually
2: live there, which was crazy. And I was a studio manager there and I only took that job because I felt like if you wanna work with artists, then you have to be where the artists are, which was artists were recording at studios mm-hmm. and CO18 was one of those studios that everybody was going to at the time. So I'd go there a lot. And then I was working with this other company called TSA. TSA actually, Post Malone, mm-hmm. they did his first show in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And the following Friday, he went like number one song. Really? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Like, pretty cool. Post Malone here, yeah. Orlando. At Soundbar. Soundbar. <laughs> like, literally, it happens. <laughs> this is like a, 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 a,
0: a, what is it, a, what do you call that, a flex? No, we, <laughs> have, that,
2: we have like a celebrity <laughs> amongst us right now. You know sure how, like, something happened, and you're like, holy cow, mm-hmm. this song just performed mm-hmm. at Soundbar, and the next thing you know, number one song. Mm-hmm. I was like, blown away it was so, an interesting so it's been so you said you started technically
1: fusion started 2015 yes yes like i started doing music stuff right of
2: high school so mm-hmm. like 2013 that's when I graduated.
1: 2013 yeah. so now you're it's 2023 yeah. how would you describe w- what your company is doing now especially because as the music industry has just evolved and changed and more digital and things of that
2: nature um now we're more focused on so like orlando local scene is very scattered and I will say we have the biggest platform in Orlando for local artists mm-hmm. however like you can have a big platform and you can have a platform but if you don't have anything of value to give then there's really no worth to it in a okay. way so for me like our focus right now is one bringing the community together and then figuring out like who are those artists that we should be pushing mm-hmm. because like at the end of the day, if there's a hundred artists in Orlando that's good, ten of them are going to make it. Mm. It sounds crazy, right? But, but the honest truth is that if there's a hundred good artists, ten are going to actually make it. They'll have their breakthrough. Yeah, like, and some of them may not have like a full breakthrough, but some of them may get somewhere and like bubbling. You know what I'm saying? So I my goal right now is figuring out who are those 10 artists and how I can support them. Mm -hmm. And that's by booking bigger acts. Like we have a show coming up in July with an artist assigned to death jams. His name is Dave France. So what we did was we booked this bigger act that has a platform that has a following that is signed. And we added our favorite four artists to open up for that artist so that but it all sounds the same. Like the artist, the headliner the headliners—they friends. He's an R&B artist, sexy guy, whatever. So <laughs> I picked some R&B artists that have the same sound, similar, so that those fan base can cross with each other, and like the artists can benefit from them. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like our focus right now. And we also host a, f- a fusion awards every year. Yes, which is like very big, I'll say. Um, and we're trying to make it bigger and try to do more to it it's just sometimes it's hard to like um explain the value of something until people like experience it Mm -hmm. so I'm just kind of like let it be like letting it do what it do by itself (laughs) so would fusion awards be one of the ways you get to recognize those artists yeah so like one of our thing is um educate elevate celebrate so we I do education through our workshops and the classes that we host. We do workshops all the time on the music business, mm-hmm. booking, everything really. Anything music related. If we have a connection with somebody whether it's through a label, whatever, like we'll book them to come here and speak and teach artists different things in the industry. The elevation is through the shows that we do. I would say like doing a fusion show is the best show you ever do in Orlando. Actually in Florida. Talk, talk that. <laughs> talk that. I think the quality of it, the professionalism, the just the process of it is the best show there is in Florida. I, I'm super proud of the work and how we've built the program and how we cultivated how we wanted the shows to go. And... I don't think I've had an experience where people don't feel this way. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to be able to say that. Yeah. (laughs) And that's where the elevation comes from because you will not have that experience anywhere else. And then the celebration comes at the awards. Mm -hmm. At the awards, at the end of the year, we give out 22 awards to local artists. So different categories. Um, It's pretty amazing, actually. That's one of my favorite things to do is the awards.
0: round of applause for you just (laughs) having pillars, again, that represent something. Uh, which something again I did not know so thank you for sharing <laughs> that but I could say um, from a person who've experienced your event um, who've just come to panels that you had things that you're able to help artists with you have like so for example I've gone to one of your events um, where you've had artists who've already done things and are successful they sit on a panel and they have new artists sit there and ask them questions mm-hmm. and for them to know the industry a little bit better and I've always wondered how does how does Jen mm-hmm. get the trust of all these people big heads or people who are doing things and now it makes sense you have a structure you understand um, the the value of what you're giving and putting together for others who need to hear it so now it all makes sense
2: and also um i'm me all the time Hmm. i don't change you don't change like i am you're gonna get me all the time i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna be consistent i'm gonna work hard if anything i'm gonna make you feel like you're not working hard enough (laughs) like (laughs) And I think (laughs) I think what happened is sometimes people know, like working with Jen is beneficial to me. Mm -hmm. So like they trust the fact that like if they work with me, they're going to get the experience and what they are looking forward to. And like Jen has a reputation that is what it is like you can't. You can't shit on it. It's one of those things. Like, it is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. it's Jen. <laughs> right. It's like, and, and you know, it's it's really hard to, like, listen to other people talk about me sometimes because I'd be like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I only feel this way because of what other people say about me and how other, other people perceive me. And I think, like, if you can be 100% yourself all, at all times mm-hmm. and people see it and people experience it and they're like, wow, like... This is a solid person. Like everything that I've done since I started, I haven't changed who I am. I haven't cha- haven't had to like do anything that I did not want to do. Mm-hmm. My yes is my yes. My no is my no. Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna make me change my mind. Like I stick to everything that I, I say I'm gonna do. And I think that's why like I love working with like Do mm-hmm. You know Ayo, right? Of course, okay. Ayo the producer, and big big name. <laughs> I love working with him because like he's able to. I'm able to talk to him and like feel grounded mm-hmm. because like being true to yourself is something that people get lost yeah. in the process. Like you forget yourself when you work in the music industry, you forget who you are, you forget your, your roots and the foundation mm-hmm. of who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think like, for me, like honesty being like hundred percent myself at all the time and showing up, working hard. Mm-hmm. Those are like the things that are important to me. And I think that's why I fire people all the time too. <laughs> exactly. Hire
0: like, fat. I mean, hire slowly, fire quickly. Yeah, that's one of the methods.
2: Because like the moment you lie to me, mm-hmm. I'm done. <laughs> done.
0: Zero zero tolerance. I, I, I ain't sick. I ain't sick no long. Zero tolerance.
2: Zero tolerance. So,
1: <laughs> if you could change or do something that would magically. Or overnight make Orlando's music scene blow up. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like at the level of Atlanta, New York, LA, or Miami. At least even put Miami in there. What would you do?
2: I will take away a lot of small things. Like there's a lot of small things that has no value. Mm-hmm. No need for it. There's no need for it. Like what are you doing? Like For example? <laughs> there's a lot of small events, small open mics, small little shows small Mm -hmm. little things small little studios Mm -hmm. like you know like i'll take away all of that and get all those people in one space Mm -hmm. i don't know if that makes sense but like not in one space to the point where everybody's working together but in one space like we're all understanding what the goal is Mm -hmm. the goal is if we want orlando to be like atlanta then we have to operate at that level Mm -hmm. and atlanta puts money into it's like Everything, the Mm -hmm. businesses, the people, everything going on. But for them to do that, they have to recognize those things. They have to understand, like, okay, like, the Gathering Spot is a very big company in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So all the people in Atlanta supports that Mm -hmm. because they want to see that place win. You -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, if we know, like, let's say A.O. wants to start a studio and it's going to be the biggest studio in Orlando, shut all these extra small little things down. Bring all the good producers, bring them into this establishment, all the good engineers, bring them into the establishment. <laughs> it sounds crazy. And then put all the money into this place. So it creates the marketing. a movement. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because now what happened is mm-hmm. if you work at this, this studio and you have big connection, A.O. owns this studio. He has bigger connection. Mm-hmm. I work at this studio and I have big connections. Those All those connections are coming through one funnel. Pipeline. You know what I'm saying? It's just one thing. So now we're all experiencing the same thing at once. So like when the money comes in, I'm not just thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the team Mm -hmm. because I know like if I have 15, 20 people under me Mm -hmm. and I'm about to work out a deal, I'm not going to ask for 15 grand. I'm going to ask for a million Mm
4: -hmm. because I got
2: 15 people to feed Mm -hmm. and it's going to make sense because the quality of -hmm. the people that's in the room, Mm -hmm. it's worth it.
0: You're giving me the uh, analogy or example of a high credited university for example so you know that everybody who's entering this place has credibility to be better and be great so a studio that has reputation of putting out the best stuff will only have laser focus or some sort of magnified glasses from others who's looking for great talent to just look here stop looking here here and there you just know where to go right if you're looking for this, this is where it's going to be. And then most people just have to find their way in there because to be in there, you have to be at a certain level. But you've already know we've established this area or this place to be the place to find things. And it makes
2: it easier because now we can, we can brand something. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then like from this big thing, we can like create a label, Mm -hmm. create a marketing firm, Mm -hmm. create a publishing firm, Mm -hmm. you know, like different, a distribution company. Mm -hmm. And it's all coming from one thing. Right. But like, If you want to start a publishing company, it's your thing, but you can be under this umbrella and start it, and it will help you fund it. we will help you get the people in, Mm -hmm. but you can still do it. Like, okay, we start this big company with all of us together. Fusion can still be its own thing, Mm -hmm. but what happened is now the artists that are coming to the studio Mm -hmm. can now come and perform at Fusion and get all the resources that Fusion has. Mm -hmm. But now it's like Orlando what happens a lot is everybody wants to be the big dog. Mm. Everybody wants to be the one, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody wants to be the one that helps this artist break, but nobody's working together. Mm. You know, I hear like stories at, there's this label called LVRN in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And um, you hear the stories of how it was, it started. Mm -hmm. It's a billion dollar company. And the guys that started that label, they all used to work at clubs together. One of them was the DJ. One of them was the promoter. One of them was working the door. Mm. And then now, like, recently they brought in another lady to be on, like, their team as a VP now. Mm. And she used to be the person passing out flyers, mm-hmm. you know, like. But they were, like, kids. Mm. And these people now, you know who's on their roster? Black. Mm. Summer Walker. Spinoff. Like, Division. Those artists are, they're artists. Mm -hmm. And you think about, like, they started because they stayed together. Mm -hmm. They stayed together. They were consistent. They knew what they wanted to do. They supported it. And not only that, they created a community. They created, like, something that everybody believes in. Mm -hmm. So when you think about Atlanta and a record label that's owned by black men and women Mm -hmm. and that's doing things for the city, not just in a small level where, like, you know, they hire other people that look like them or like they're creating community and giving people opportunities but like Atlanta is such a beautiful place to be and become great and if you have that community around you you can be whoever you want to be mm-hmm. but in Orlando everybody wants to be the big dog mm-hmm. nobody really recognizes that like at the end of the day somebody's going to make it mm-hmm. like and you have to understand when there's a star in the room and when you're not the star in the room mm. That requires humility. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody wants to be the star. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't want like I'd rather be the person that helps the person become the star. Mm-hmm. And I, I always tell artists that are in groups, I'd be like, Who's the star in your group? And they're like, What do you mean? We're a group uh. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, are You sure about that? <laughs> you sound like Diddy right now. You like, sound like Diddy Who's you the try star to sign in your group? group. <laughs> because I'm gonna sign the star. Mm. And there's always a star. And there's always a star. And the star normally is the person that works that, harder.
0: Yeah. And don't want to even acknowledge that no, there's a star. Mm-hmm. And
2: I think that's like Orlando has a lot of amazing talent. Like the artists in Orlando are phenomenal. And I think if people were aware that it was there and we had the level of artists that we had, it would be much further. And I think there's a lack of like promotion and marketing mm-hmm. that goes into like how the artists push their music. People don't market themselves properly. They Mm -hmm. don't promote themselves properly. They don't do it enough. Like, I know artists, that will drop a song today and then they'll promote it for like two (laughs) days and then that's it. Right. And I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) You have to work it.
2: Consistency. Like, Tyler, Tyler was talking in this thing, um, a podcast and he was saying that like, you know, his song dropped and he was pushing that song for a year. Mm -hmm. But that's like, he was pushing it like, pushing it
0: mm-hmm. a year some artists don't have the 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 confidence in their song they feel like if they drop it to the end and end didn't get a reaction to them it sucked so instead of instead of allowing themselves to to really say i trust this record i trust myself and i trust the direction i'm taking this record they're looking for validation mm-hmm. so when they don't get that validation they try to make another song yeah to see what what others are validating for them to receive that check that is good Instead but of I saying, think it I also has to do that.
2: with environment. True that. Change your environment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe your current environment don't like what you're doing.
0: Exactly, exactly.
2: That's true. The people, yeah. Change your your whole following.
1: As Just a person, as a them. person
0: that understands, because based on what I know and what I see and what you've told me so far, you're able to maybe scout talent, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you can see the star, oh, yeah. even though they're not saying they're a star. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the person that's doing the artistry do not see themselves like you see them Um, so it has to do a lot with um i don't even want to say artist development but sometimes it comes down to how do i put a mirror in front of this person Mm -hmm. to show them their real self that i'm looking at because sometimes they they know who they are but they're not looking at themselves the way others see them you
2: have to show them that you believe in them right Mm -hmm. right wholeheartedly like you have to do things for Mm -hmm. them to be like wow like if this person is willing to do all of these things for me, then they may see something in me that I don't see in myself. Right. And, like, that how can I have those conversations so I can figure that out? Mm-hmm. Because, and then sometimes, though, like, if you don't ask yourself those questions, then you might do something in the long run that may affect their investment. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. I think, like, a lot of us are scared to ask questions, but questions is the key to life. Right. They very Who much is. are. <laughs> they very much are. So. But there are stars everywhere, man. Stars <laughs> everywhere.
1: So one of the, I think, very dope things about you is not only are you able to see the stars and artists, but you've been able to see the star and the beauty of Paramore.
2: Yeah, it's my little baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your foundation, okay. um, about the work you're doing there, and, and why you're on that mural. Oh, God. <laughs> big, big flex. <laughs> uh,
2: um. Man, where do I start? So I have I was already like doing community work when I was sixteen. So I've been doing that my whole life, technically. Um, but I never had an actual nonprofit. I was just kinda of doing it like at the time I could cook, so I didn't mind cooking for people, whatever. Mm. It was just easier to do. And then um
0: Not the meal prep, right? You could cook.
2: No, yeah. I could cook like cook cook uh. like my mule legume ah. you're speaking his language, language. Okay.
0: you speaking his language
2: I can make you some
0: cremas <laughs> okay, <really>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, right.
2: like I was I used to just kind of like cook food and giving it out to the community and stuff and I was just doing that for a long time and since I have a following on social media other people would like hey like I see you're doing this how can I help whatever and you know I'll just be like yeah I just tag along and like help me pass out food to people whatnot and and it was just something I was doing because that's something I'm passionate about and I knew that before I could even like get into where I have to start a nonprofit profit which I didn't know how to mm. and like school was a thing like it was just so much going on i'm like starting a non-profit that's a lot mm. and um i started doing like feedings at the clubs that i were doing events at so i asked the owners of the clubs like hey it's thanksgiving can i use your club and i'll oh. bring all the food and then like we can open it because it's downtown there's a mm-hmm. lot of homeless people downtown and you know, they let us use the place, and we'll just bring all this food. People come in, like, and eat. And eventually, it kind of, like, grew the space. And we just started feeding, like, in downtown, like, in Lake Iola with our little cart and just going around, um, which was hard because you get fined for doing that. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, the city doesn't allow you to just, like, pull up and feed people. No, it doesn't. So that was hard. Um, was it 2020? Yeah, I think so. So 2020 happened (laughs) and COVID happened and then the protests started happening. Mm -hmm. So it was like June, right? I think it was June that we were all protesting. Yes,
1: downtown. So June.
0: Protesting for the Floyd.
2: George Floyd. George Floyd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just
0: want to give some clarity for those listening.
2: So we protested during the George Floyd situation in downtown Orlando for like seven days. I organized all the protesting. <laughs>
0: don't don't leave that out.
2: <laughs> it was the hardest thing I've ever done because I'm not into politics. I try not to like dabble in there.
0: It's... <laughs> that's what she's but she saw. <laughs> <song. laughs> but she's <song. laughs> I'm
2: gonna tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get to why I'm not into politics. Okay. Um which I am into politics. I'm just not into politics the politics way. Gotcha. I know that doesn't make sense. No, no, it makes. You don't okay. do politics like so. the politicians. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I do the I do it the right way, I think. <laughs> 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 um, but I was just I was protesting and the last time we hosted a protest was it was really nice to like be able to have like a program mm. for the last protest that we did and it was 10,000 people that showed up. It was craziest thing I've ever done I would say that was probably like one of the hardest days of my life as a black woman because I was targeted I had cops sitting outside my house because I was targeted like people were like coming mm. and throwing things out my house and I was in the public eye like I was on the news I was marching I was everywhere I was getting hit by rubber bullets and all types mm. of things and my dad would call me like if I see you in the news one more time <laughs> Cause I would be on the news and like talking about what we're doing and it was a lot. And my, my friend, which is, um, he's actually, he ran, he's seven, he's what, 18, 19, what's his name? Um. Are you talking about that. Maxwell? Maxwell. What? Oh. Your friend. <laughs> okay. So Maxwell and I. See- Maxwell
0: Frost. Big drop. <laughs> big name drop. How, we got to do a counter for how many name drop is going on.
2: So Maxwell Frost and I were leading protests together. Because like, mm-hmm. I know him in his music background. Because he's also doing events. Mm-hmm. He's like. We work together on events together. So that's how I know him. So like we like he hosts he also hosts showcases mm-hmm. before he became a governor. <laughs> I mean, what does he know? He so I I heard
1: his story starting from community organizer. Okay. So well, that's the work you guys were doing, so essentially. Like,
2: I knew Max when he was doing events like mm-hmm. bands, um, showcases. And like stuff like that. That's how I know him. What's his uh, title now?
1: <laughs> House um, of Representatives or something like that for the state of Florida. Yeah, is it senator no. senator, senator Maxwell Frost? Let oh. me look that up. Let's Actually, know. I should know this. He I was uh, know this he was too, at a, a re- event him.
0: recently, and I did his lower third, <laughs> so I should know this. Um, but he, I think he's again a state representative, um, but
2: but I mean, he's like highest of the highest of all. Yeah, because he's in D.C. Yeah, he's in D.C. But I, we were marching together. Mm. Like he was there out there, which I commend him mm. because I seen him oh. out there, Congressman, Congressman Max- Maxwell, Maxwell Frost. Frost. Yes. You know what? <laughs> Cut all that extra shit out. <laughs> he is Congressman
1: Maxwell <laughs> <So laughs> so Frost. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Congressman Max- <laughs> Maxwell Frost. Yes. Uh, we were protesting together, and mm. it was it was cool because like I seen him protest. I seen him out there Mm -hmm. and even when i stopped he was going Mm -hmm. even when i i was scared like i didn't want to keep going i saw him going for for a whole year Mm -hmm. after like masquad pro like he was in the streets
0: he was in trenches what Mm -hmm.
2: i commend him and he's so young and seeing him do that and you know when that was happening it was a lot and shortly after that Something happened with me. An incident happened where I was sexually assaulted. Sorry and that was that. like public because mm. I was already in the news. Like everything was happening. And it happened like in the middle of all of that stuff happening. Wow. So like that was also on the news. Mm. And I was like, I need to get out. That's why I'm going to Atlanta. <laughs> <gasps> that was crazy. But it was like, uh, okay, I need to get my life and up out of here, because I became, like, the girl that was protesting, the girl that was out there, the girl that was, like, leading all these marches, to, like, oh, did you I see what happened to Jen? Mm -hmm. And, like, all these other women would, like, reach out to me and tell me their stories, and I I just became an ally of other women that was also sexually assaulted, which wasn't, like, a bad thing, it was just, like, I felt like my value went down, and, like, Mm -hmm. I felt smaller, and I Mm -hmm. felt like, I worked really hard to, like, create a name for myself. And now this is overshadowing. Yeah, and now this is overshadowing who I am. Mm. And just, like, and then you, when somebody, like, when something like that happens and it's public, there's different comments that happens. Like, maybe she asks for it. Maybe look at how she looks. Look at her body. Look at, like, Mm. all these comments of, like, because Mm. of a woman being feminine, that could have been the reason why that happened. Or, like, Maybe she was drinking, but then, like, there was a video, Mm -hmm. and the video was out, and they're like, oh, yeah, she wasn't drinking. It looked like she was drugged, like, and it was, like, a whole lot of stuff going on.
0: The internet investigators?
2: Yes. Mm. And it Mm. was just too much. I think that thing was on Shade Room. Mm.
0: Sorry. Sorry to hear that. It was
2: bad. It was horrible. Like, it was the hardest days of my life. I'm not even going to lie to you. And then I... I got a message from this random lady <laughs> and she's like, hi, my name is Maureen. I heard about you from all these people and my friend Christy and Ryan Young, which is the owner of innerstruck wants to do a mural in Paramore and we want you to be the subject of it. Wow. I was like, what? <laughs> I was right. like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean by I'm going to be the subject of it? Like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. And. From there, I was like, "Okay, cool. Like, I'll do it." And then I got my makeup done. I went. I took pictures. I didn't really know like what it was gonna be like. Like, I don't think I ever processed like my face. Like, what made you say yes? Um. I don't know. But then I feel like at the time I didn't know. But then as it happened and it kept happening, I was like, "Okay, this was a good decision," because then I became the girl at the mural. instead of what was actually wow. Wow. and then I was able to tell my story and other people was able to tell their stories that worked on the mural that also had similar stories to mine Mm. so it was kind of like a bonding thing but it also showed like for me like the mural meant a lot to me because it showed resilience it showed that like you can be black woman and you can do whatever it is that your heart desires. You can literally be a superwoman if you want to. And you can be a beautiful black woman. (laughs) Thank you. Haitian at (laughs) that. Right. And you know like in my interview and I was like, you know, I'm Haitian. I was born in Haiti and I don't know any anyone with a mural that's alive. I don't know any Haitian people with a mural that's alive in America. (laughs) So like it was it was really like one of those moments of like, wow! Like someone see value to me and invested in doing a mural that was up for two years. Now it's an augmentation reality, so you can still see it. It's not like physically there, but if you put, put your phone over the building, you can still see the mural, mm. and it's like in four D. You can touch it. It's really cool, wow. and I'm speaking in there too, so it's nice. Nice. Um, but I think like the mural became like a sense of hope for the people of paramore because as the mural was being built and drawn on the wall like people will walk by like who is this like who is this girl and people will tell my story like the marine and the girls i was painting they'll tell my story and like and sometimes i'll come by and sit around and talk to them because it was outside and eventually, like, we started doing events there. And they're like, oh, you're the girl on the wall. <laughs> the and, girl on the wall. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm the girl on the wall. And that's kind of like how, like, so when I would go do outreach, which is something that we do with our nonprofit, is we go, we knock on doors, we go down every street of Paramore, like, from the whole district, really. And we just knock on doors, we talk to everybody we see outside, and we'll tell them, like, hey, we're having an event, we're going to have food, whatever we're going to provide. It's at this address and like i don't know where that's at and we would be like do you know where the mural the black girl <laughs> and they're like yeah i know that mural it's pretty and and like, can you yeah. tell the listeners
1: <laughs> the name of your foundation and yeah. of the mission real
2: quick so our foundation is called the desire foundation inc and our mission is to provide easily accessible resources to the people in all of Florida, really, not just Paramore, we're just situated in Paramore. And this is our five-year goal currently is to take care of Paramore. And I love being in Paramore. The people there, there's so much culture. There's so much, like, community and love. And, like, if somebody, like, if you bring something of value to people in Paramore and they see, like, wow, like really like this person, they will tell everybody. They'll go on to the top of the mountains and tell everybody about you. Because, like, I I look back now and how much those people trust me, Mm -hmm. which is why I don't like politics. (laughs) Mm. So what happened is, like, um, there's districts, right? There's normally somebody over a district. And every district is run by somebody. Mm -hmm. There's rules to that, you know, which I don't think there's a problem to. I think what happens sometimes is the community doesn't trust the people running, The city at times, so they'll put their trust in others, people like me, and then the politicians will see a problem with that because I'm not a politician, I'm not elected.
0: So the influence they're looking for, you have it, yeah, in the people, okay,
2: the trust and Mm -hmm. the rapport and the community and like the people in Paramore like loves us, like it's like it's one of those things that you go and see and you're like, wow. Like, my boyfriend be like, do you ever see how people look at you? <laughs> and I'm like, no, because I'm not watching people looking at yeah. me. But he's like, if you were to see how people look at you when you do these events, you'd be in awe. Like, I am in awe watching people, like, be around you. And I think, like, I'm just genuine with my work, and I put my heart in it. Mm-hmm. And I love the work that I do, whether or not I have a mural or I'm on the news or I'm, whatever I'm doing. Like, I'm going to put my heart on it. And I stick to if I say I'm going to help you get clothes or I'm going to help you get housing, I'm going to help you get food, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work day and night to make sure that you're off the street if that's something I can do. And I think that sometimes what happens is you know people make promises mm-hmm. to a lot of people that are homeless, a lot of people that are in a minority, poverty area. Mm-hmm. Um, like Paramore, I think Paramore is probably one of the really... I wouldn't say like poverty filled, but I think it's been done. I think it's been neglected. It's been neglected. Yeah. Really, really badly. And there are people there that own their houses and they're proud of the, they're really proud of being a part of Paramore and the community that's installed in Paramore. It's just like when you are constantly, it's like Haitians, right? Mm -hmm. You're constantly getting hit all the time eventually you don't really want nobody to do nothing for you Mm. like you don't trust nobody to do nothing for you
1: what do you think of that perspective or mentality and i I hear this about haitian people now too where it's like why don't you guys clean up your neighborhood or why don't you guys make it look better and do all these things so that it's not that type of community was what is your response to that those types of statements?
2: I think yes. And I think like, yes, in a way that we should take care of our communities, we should, we should do our part. But I think that like, if I'm taking care of something, but the next day you come and drop some more crap on there so I can have more work to do. I'm talking about the government. (laughs) (laughs) Then like, what's the point? You Mm. know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I can come and fix this house, make it nice. But then, like, you try to buy my house. Yeah. You try to build apartment complex on my land. And you're offering me pennies for it. But this is owned by my grandmother, my great-grandmother. Why should I give it to you? Mm-hmm. But because you're going to be like, well, this apartment, this people sold their apartment or their house. That means you should do it. Or, like, I'm going to give you this. Or, like, you're not welcome in this area anymore. It's like it's like a slap in the face because like I look at like Paramount specifically like they built a stadium there right mm-hmm. cool but then like there's people that are homeless that the only reason why they are homeless is because they built the stadium there wow
1: mm-hmm.
2: So, then, it, but then
1: they're upset at the homeless people
2: so why should I fix something that you messed up mm-hmm. it's different if I messed it up you know mm-hmm. if I messed it up i made the mess, I'll fix it. But it's different if you create a mess so big that I can't do nothing about it. What are mm. you going to do with the stadium? You can't do nothing about the stadium. And the more, if people knew the amount of stuff is going to be happening in Orlando within the next five to 15 years, mm. they would get their affairs in order. Like, really, like, the the plans for Orlando is beyond what any of us could imagine, And it's cool that, you know, the city has so many amazing goals and want to make it such a beautiful place. And it will be. But I think, like, it shouldn't be like that. And, like, people are still struggling. Like, you're literally removing a whole community Mm -hmm. to build. I get it. You're building, multi-billion-dollar industries and companies in Paramore. Dope. But where are these people going to live? Right, at the
0: expense of what?
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, you're, like... Mm -hmm. Removing people from their houses, like nothing is the same as it was, what, five years ago in Paramore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the people in Paramore have a lot of pride. They, everybody's connected, everybody loves each other. Like, it's bad. I'm not gonna lie. It's the hood. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would never be in Paramore anyth- anytime past 11. It's not safe. It is not safe to live in Paramore. I think. Right now they have a Molly problem that's laced. And the homeless people are buying it, dying. You'll never hear that in the news. But if you work the streets of Paramore like we do, you know about it. And people call you and you see people on drugs, you see people struggling, you see people like just taking their clothes off in the middle of the street with no shoes on and screaming at the top of their lungs and they're hot. I mean, like, it's sad. It's really sad. I think sometimes I feel a little guilty. Why? Because I'm Haitian, and I do all this work here, Mm -hmm. and I haven't been to Haiti since I left. Okay. And I'm like, if I can do all of this here, Mm. why not do it there? But then, like, if I was to to say I was going to go back to Haiti today, my dad would be like, Mm. no. Like, it's not happening. But Mm. I think, too, like, it's easier here because of the support that I get. I think that I wouldn't get as much support that I get here mm. if I was to do what I do here in Haiti,
0: mm.
2: which is insane.
0: And sometimes I think there might not be enough infrastructure there to, to kind of enter that market unless you already know someone. When I mean market, I mean like the in the business of helping people because yeah. it's still Cause it's like, over, at the end of the day of business.
2: Yeah. And the other mm-hmm. thing too is like you, here you can pick a community to help. mm mm-hmm. But if you go to Haiti, you have to help a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it's like, how do you scale that big? Yeah, and then like, what kind of help do you give people that live in such a bad space? Especially right now, like Haiti's doing really bad yeah. right now. So it's like, it's really, it's really hard. But I love the work that I do, and I try my, I try my best to just like, mm. not let it like, get too heavy on me. Because it can get heavy. How do you get, or how do you keep balance? From, like, my work and keeping my brain not going crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> vacation. I go on vacation anytime I can. Like, I take days off. And I'll say, like, one of the best thing that I love about being an entrepreneur and having my own business is being able to decide when I work and mm-hmm. when I don't work. I can get up today and be like, I'm not working for the next ten days and be okay.
4: Hmm.
0: It's a round of applause for that.
2: <laughs> and I think that's like, you know how people be like, I'm successful, I have mean, money. I'm like, I'm like, if you can't just decide what you want to do with your time, when you want to do things with your time, you're not. I think success is like for me, it's like having the ability to just do what I please when I please and not having to ask for permission and be okay. Like I take a month off, I'm okay. Like whatever I do, like I'm gonna be okay because my mental health and my space and my brain and me is more important than all this other stuff. And, and it also has to do with like structure. Like how do you structure yourself in the beginning so that you can do, be able to do those things? You know, like during COVID, the PPPs, <laughs> <laughs> the the strip club days, right, and the bottles, and everybody was popping bottles, <laughs> buying, you know, going to the the lake with the with the boats and stuff, the yachts, the yachts, mm. you know, because people were making money. Yeah, there was a lot of money. That out There there was a
1: lot of money back then. But now, but it's not good.
2: <laughs> I'll believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but you know, like that's what was happening. And I feel like a lot of people didn't take the time out to take the money that they had and invest it in something because 2020 could happen again. It can. Yeah. And when 2020 happened, everything went crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't do events. I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, mm-hmm. but we were at a good space and I was like, okay, how do I invest all this money that I have right now? And I think the structure that I've put together for myself, my team, and the people that I have around me have helped me, like, balance my life. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, too, like, mentors. Like, my mentors, one of my mentors is currently in Germany mm-hmm. until the 29th. Like, he's gone. He's been gone. And I'm like, the fact that you're able to go to Germany for 30 days mm-hmm. and your business is still running. hmm Like, you're good. Mm -hmm. You got no worries. Your kids are on camp. You're (laughs) with your wife in Germany. and You're doing, like, a, I think he's going to, like, seven different places. Mm -hmm. Like, hopping. That's what I want to do. That's the life. (laughs) That's what I want to be able to do. Like, let's go. We're out. Forget all of this. And I don't know. I just, I like like my life. And I just want to keep doing it. And I I don't think that, like, I'll ever stop doing what I'm doing. I think I just want to find more efficient way of doing it of so course. I don't burn myself and then teach others so that other people could do it too because I don't want to be the one person <laughs> doing all of this because it's like ugh. not forever right right yeah I want to like like being an executive director it's like <laughs> all day <laughs> it's every day all day every second like a nonprofit is like harder than a regular for-profit business if I would give anybody any advice, before you start your own nonprofit, work at a nonprofit. Jim. Hmm. Like, work at one and then be like, um, do you do want I to do I this? Really? Yeah. And then, like, it's so much. <laughs> it's so much. Like, the fundraising, the board, the team, the volunteers. And, like, you got to work your way to become the big dogs. <laughs> like, I know some nonprofits that their income is like millions, like 200 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The heavy hitters. That's crazy. There's people in Orlando making that money. Nonprofits in Orlando. Mm hmm. Orlando we're <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Laos>. <laughs> <laughs> <Nebachian-y. laughs> You think about that and I'd be like and I'd tell my dad about it and he'd be like come on. <laughs> <dim."> no there's <laughs> there's there's
1: there's plenty out here where we live in a city where um, people are very well off and then people want to give yes. for a variety of reasons but they want to. Yeah. And so um, I'm really excited to see where your foundation will grow and what it will Yay. do. I know you guys, we were just talking <laughs> off the mic how young your foundation yes. is.
2: But we're um, doing great. Yeah. I, I love everything we've been doing. Like, I, I look at our numbers and I'm like, wow, how can we do all of this in such a short a period of, of time? And I'll say, like, our team, like our team, our volunteers, like, the community. Like, I have such an amazing support system. Like, I always think about, like, I could do whatever I want in this world because of my support system. (laughs) Like, if I say jump, we all are (laughs) jumping. And I think that's why, like, everybody is invested in my work. Everybody's invested in me and my well-being. And I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able to, like, even start something like that. Like, I can't even, like, think about it, like, to know, like, People be like, How are you so loved? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, look at me, look at the material. <laughs> like what is what is there not to love? And I think it's also too like you get what you give, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think with nonprofit, it's like you can get in it for the money, which there is a lot of it, or you can get in it for the real work and I do the work and people see it and they're like, Oh, because I see that she does the work I'm gonna make sure that what she does moves forward. And I think that's like the same reason like our partnership with InnerStruck works so well. Like, other than my dad, I don't know anyone else in this world that believes in me, like Ryan does. Ryan is the owner of InnerStruck. I think because of him, I never want to quit. (laughs) Because he's so invested in me and invested in my growth as just a person, like mm-hmm. invested in my mental health and just who I am, like, and he put his money where his mouth is. He supports everything that I do. I feel like I don't know you know how they'd be like moon Mm-hmm. moon mm-hmm. blanc, <laughs> <laughs> Like Ryan is a good moon blanc. <laughs> we love we love a good moon blanc. Right, <laughs> a good moon blanc. That's Ryan. Like I love that. And I'm thankful because because of him, I've been able to meet like, man, rich people I didn't even think existed. Mm-hmm. You ever like, dang, like I didn't know it, you owned this. Right, <laughs> like somebody owned this, like a person owned this. Right, right, right. No way. <laughs> you
0: get you get in rooms that you never thought.
2: Yes, of, and yeah. I'm like, why am I? What am I here for? <laughs> like I sometimes I'll go to meetings and I'm like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. You feel imposter syndrome? Oh yeah
0: you deserve to be there. You made your way here. Oh
2: yeah, that's like I live with that all the time. i would be like I don't know why I'm here. Like, that all these white people, all <laughs> these men like I'm not at their level. These mm. people combined is like trillions of dollars. Mm. And I'm in this room and Ryan be like you need to speak up. You need to give yourself grace and believe that you're doing good work and your work, you know, speaks for itself. And I still be like I don't know what to say (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't like sometimes I just like get in these rooms and I have to like do presentation about like the work that we do and I I freeze because I'm like uh they gonna believe in this little Haitian girl (laughs)
0: <laughs> they will,
2: and they, they will.
1: are. They will. Yeah, it's hard, yes. though but I'm
2: I'm working on it.
1: Yes. So <laughs> you got it. All right. I think we're we're getting close to time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this conversation's that. been good, though. This Just has been this is. so good. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna I wanna be mindful of our listeners. We have like the best. Okay. Our zone and um, I can honestly say I know there are. are listeners who are inspired by what you are sharing they are like oh this is so good but they may be feeling like i don't know how do i do this how do i how do i go after the things that i want and and make an impact the way that you have so what advice would you give to anyone who's listening right now
2: i would say like believe in yourself and believe in your ideas like I know Mark always used to put on his story, dream big.
0: All day, every day. All the
2: time. And it's true. Like I, you can only accomplish the things that you believe in, you know? So if you think that, okay, today I'm going to make a million dollars or whatever, like maybe it's in like the real estate business. I don't know. Like if you believe in it, you may not do it today, but if that's your belief and you be consistent at the work part of it, like the part that people don't want to do is the work. Mm -hmm. like it's easy to dream it's easy to dream big it's easy to write that up but like if you're not consistent in the work and the work doesn't have to be all day work it doesn't have to be 12 hours a day work Mm.
0: consistent work
2: you can do an hour consistently every day and you'll get the result and I think like planning I think some of us fail to plan Mm -hmm. some of us fail to organize Mm -hmm. like Nobody's gonna follow you if you don't have a plan. Mm. You know, like, a leader has to have a plan. If you're gonna be a leader, you have to have a plan that people can be like, I believe in this plan, so I'm gonna follow him, I'm gonna follow her. Sometimes all of us, we don't, we kinda like, oh, like, I don't have a plan, so as soon as something happened-
0: Create the plan.
2: I'ma create the plan, or I'm gonna fold, Mm. because I don't have a plan. But when you have a plan, regardless of what happened, good or bad, you stick to the plan Mm. because the plan is the plan and you're supposed to follow the plan. And I don't know, like you have a baby. Cool. Keep the plan. Mm -hmm. Do the plan while you're pregnant. Keep at it. You know, you're broke. Keep the plan. Like nothing in this world should stop your plan, but you Mm. like, and that's when you, you fail.
0: And ladies and gentlemen, that is Jennifer. <laughs> is okay. it H desire or Desire H?
2: Now it's Desire H.
0: It's desire H. Is oh my it? guy. Oh my guy. Oh my <laughs> guy. Round of applause. This was such a pleasure to have you. And every every time. This is the second time, of course, we've done this, but this to hearing your story. Because again, we started this podcast with our story. Myself, Gigi, and Leona, we told our story. We told how we came from either me born in Haiti. Um, and we have You were born in Haiti? Yeah, I'm born and raised. Yeah, Your brother,
2: brother too? You guys have yeah, the yeah, privilege yeah. We born
0: in Haiti, yeah. So, and then... You <laughs> had a maid? Of course. Oh. But anyway, we're not going to go there. They're, they're tired of hearing my story. <laughs> but um, it was all about you. Um, so, we, we told our story, and we now get to hear other Haitian millionaire stories, and how you guys are thriving and you specifically thriving in a space um of course that a lot of us don't don't seem to think about that we could thrive in so Mm -hmm. um sometimes we get put in different boxes and bubbles and this series is to kind of allow everyone to see the different aspects of where we're at at his and where we're thriving at we're in spaces that even our parents would, could not have dreamed of, right? <laughs> um, so this is awesome. Uh, so congratulations to you Thank for you. making it this far and keeping it going. Um, so we wish you the best in everything that you're going to endeavor. Really quick,
1: if someone wants to get connected with Fusion or the Desire Foundation, what's the best way?
2: Um, Instagram. It's like the easiest thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, our Instagram for Fusion is Fusion and Co. That's F-U-S-I-O-N-A-N-D-C-O. That's it. Fusion and Co. Okay. And... For the foundation, it's the Desire Foundation, Inc. So, okay. T-H-E-D-E-S-I-R-E, Foundation, Inc.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. What about you personally? What about you personally? My page is on private. Oh, <coughs> okay, okay. Monsieur, you like so but,
2: <laughs> but it's Jennifer Desire Hilaire <laughs> together. <laughs> okay. My whole name together. Awesome, it's
0: awesome, awesome. This, again, this conversation was one for the books. And on this, on this note... This was episode 35.
1: Yes, it was.
0: The numbers are going up. And I don't even think I said it in the beginning of the pod. But on episode 35, this was another version of Haitian success. Jennifer was with us. Gigi was with us. Mark the Dreamer, I was here. Leona was here in some other form. In in spirit. And we appreciate her. Shout out to her. Shout out to everybody for listening. If this was your first time, welcome. If you are a Zummer. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for being on this journey with us. See you on the next
3: episode. Bam! <laughs> Je Tout a dit me. pas qui ça filou mon Paguez bibel tempéra, mon ou doigt très souvent, mais où c'est elle manque passé en tête moi résume, j'ai m'apprécier, pile la mario. Autant qu'elle m'apprécie, puis le coup faible Fon avoué que agaye. Quand m'a tant qu'on j'ai tout sentiment veiller. Bonne coup d'état dans le 17 février. Comme on entraîne vivre dans mon flèche. Qui sait pour être manqué, ou fait qu'elle m'a J'avie, qui c'est la belle, moi c'est sont pas la vie, et depuis au pays, qui sait c'est la belle, moi ta vie, sont pas la vie, et depuis
1: Hey this is Gigi and it's your girl Leona and you are listening to the Haitian Millennial
3: Podcast. <laughs>